For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Monday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy and I share our divisional power rankings. We will also discuss some teams that could be destined for successful 2019 seasons. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Sines with you, and on the PFC Podcast is NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy. So, Jarrell, thanks, man, for taking the time to join me yet again. How are you doing today? Man, I am doing phenomenal. I'm excited for another podcast, excited to talk about football and uh, and to just, and, uh, to just get into some sports. I'm excited. All right, man, let's get right into it. So it's May 6th, all right? We're still quite a ways off from the even the preseason that comes in early August. And so because of that, you know, we all need our football fix. The draft just got done a couple of weeks ago. And so in today's episode, Jarrell and I, we're going to kind of give some divisional power rankings post-draft. We know free agency, it's still ongoing, and it always is but it's kind of settled down a little bit. So we have an idea of where these teams stand. Of course, barring any injuries, hopefully not as training camp gets going. So here's what we're going to do, Jarrell. We're going to start in the NFC South. And I want you to give me your number one ranked team in the NFC South right now. Um, I think obviously you have to go with uh, the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, what they've been able to accomplish over the last couple of years. 
um, with the addition this year of adding uh, Jared Cook uh, to an already stellar offense. Um, I just believe that the New Orleans Saints has to get my number one overall uh, ranking. I'm right there with you. I think this is kind of a no-brainer, man. The Saints, Drew Brees coming back after a stellar season. Although he did dip in production towards the end of the 2018 season, we know that they have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. You look at what they did in free agency. You mentioned one of their big acquisitions, Jared Cook. Brought in Malcolm Brown from New England, Latavius Murray to compliment Alvin Kamara, Nick Easton to solidify that offensive line in the wake of Max Unger's retirement. So you also look at their draft class, Jarrell. I mean, they did relatively well. They doubled down on that center position, getting Eric McCoy out of A&M, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety out of Florida. So I like what they've done thus far. I clearly believe that they are the front runners in the NFC South right now. So let's go to the number two slot, shall we? Who's your number two team? Uh, my number two team would probably be the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they were the uh, second most active in free agency. Um, you know, bringing over Kenyon Barner, um, you know, signing uh, James Carpenter to solidify their offensive line, um, as well as them going offensive line in the draft. Um, you know, bringing back uh, Adrian Claiborne, as well as uh, that, that definitely would help bolster their defensive line. Um, their defensive line struggled a lot last year. Um, you know, the re-signing of Grady Jarrett would definitely be uh, phenomenal for them um, with them having the franchise tag. Um, but this team had a lot of holes. I mean, they had a lot of injuries last year, um, and, and hopefully they can uh, stay healthy this year and, and shore up a few uh, things on their team. I have a little change up here because number two for me is the Carolina Panthers, Jarrell. Here's why. I know Cam Newton, he just uh, underwent arthroscopic surgery on that right shoulder, so that is concerning for some people just because you look at the Andrew Luck situation and how he had to miss an entire year due to complications. But I think all indications right now is that Newton will be healthy for the 2019 season. I like what they did in free agency. They weren't all that active, but they signed Matt Paradis, one of the best centers in free agency, brought a veteran edge rusher in Bruce Irvin to help offset Julius Peppers' retirement. And then I like what they did in the draft. They got Brian Burns in round one, and then Greg Little in round two to help shore up that offensive line. Christian McCaffrey, we saw him, man. This guy is a phenomenal athlete, and I think he continues to prove all the doubters that he is in every down back. And I look at the defense with Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, and then, of course, re-signing Eric Reed was another big move. So I like Carolina in the two slot. So we'll go ahead and move down. Number three, I'm assuming it's Carolina for you? Yeah, yeah. Number three will have to be Carolina. Um, just off the uh, the notion of the, the additions that they made um, the, with the center addition and to help bolster their offensive line, um, you know, bringing in Bruce Urban, Brian Burns, uh, you know, young guys, young and veteran guys that are, that are able to get to the passer uh, will def help, definitely help bolster this defense. Um, they struggled a lot getting to the passer last year. Um, you know, I think the absence of, absence of Thomas Davis really kind of hurt their team. And um, I just honestly think that, you know, in the long run, that, that linebacker position is very key for their for their team to be successful. Three for me is the Atlanta Falcons, so just kind of a flip-flop there. 
I like what they did. James Carpenter, Jermon Brown, they really brought in a lot of depth on that offensive line. They want to keep Matt Ryan standing upright because when that happens, they have explosive weapons. Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman coming back from injury. They went Chris Lindstrom in round one and Caleb McGarry as well. They actually traded back into the first round to get two offensive linemen. So I, I think we're all aware of the talent Dan Quinn has there in Atlanta. But for me, I just have him a hair below Carolina. And for number four, before I toss it to you, Jarrell, it's obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by process of elimination. New head yes. coach, Bruce Arians is there. Obviously, he's not new to the business. He's had plenty of success with the Arizona Cardinals and the Colts when he took over for Chuck Pagano. There's been a lot of turnover on that roster, Jarrell. Look at it, man. I mean, they're, they're bringing in Shaq Barrett, Brashad Perriman, Deion Buchanan, Kentrell Bryce, and then look at the hole they brought in in the draft with Devin White, Sean Bunting, Jamel Dean. So I think there's a lot of moving parts there. Obviously, we're, we're going to find out soon enough what Jameis Winston can do with Arians at the helm. So for me, I just don't think they've done enough right now for them to leapfrog either the Panthers or the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, they just really don't have um, – they're not really short up at the quarterback position yet. You know, Jameis Winston has to prove, uh, you know, over a time period that he can be relied on to be able to stay on the field. Um, you know, as well as there, there, uh, there was a lot of questions, um, on the defensive side of the ball, um, with the exit of Quan Alexander, um, the, 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 the secondary kind of being a, a problem for them last year. They had tried to address it a lot during the draft, um, uh, with, with three corner, with three, uh, with three, um, defensive backs going within their first four picks and so um they definitely wanted to be uh secondary heavy but we'll have to we'll see how it pans out man i think um uh todd Bowles is able to to put together a great defense uh, wherever he goes so they'll i think they might have a, a little bit of success um, with the leadership that they have all right we're gonna go ahead and move to the nfc east now this is an interesting division as we know that these Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, it's always a fun division to keep tabs on. So who's your number one team in the East? Uh, my number one team in the East would probably be the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, just by uh, their, their good defense and what they're returning. Um, they're young, they're hungry, they're fast. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence sets the standard when it comes to, uh, you know, getting to the quarterback right now. Uh, with the addition of uh, Randall Cobb to help bolster that offense and, and the slot, as well as uh, the return of Jason Witten, um, I, I just believe that the Dallas Cowboys—they um, were—they were—they're going to be able to put some things together this year uh, with the team that they have. I agree with you all the way, Jarrell. Number one is the Dallas Cowboys for me as well. I know they didn't do a whole lot in free agency, but you just talked about Randall Cobb. They brought Georgia Loca. And then a couple of under-the-radar signings, Christian Covington, Kerry Hyder Jr. Man, this defensive line is very deep for Dallas. And that's without Randy Gregory and his pending status. We know he's been suspended yet again. But I like what they did in the draft. Tristan Hill, another DT, Connor McGovern, making that offensive line even stronger. So Dak Prescott, Cooper, Elliott, you know, I, I just think this team, I don't think they really have a weakness at, at any position. So I think they 
are the number one team entering the 2019 season. And for number two, I'll go ahead and give mine and I'll toss it to you. I have the Eagles at number two. And I really do like what they did this offseason, Howie Roseman maneuvering in trades and free agency. They got Malik Jackson. Deshaun Jackson via trade brought him back home. And then I really love the Andre Dillard pick at number 22 in the draft. That's the number one tackle, man. And they ended up getting him that far down into the first round. Then, of course, Miles Sanders and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So a lot to like about Philadelphia. And then, of course, they just inked Zach Brown to a one-year deal to solidify their linebacking core. So I have Philly as number two. Absolutely, man. I think, you know, with them being able to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with them being able to bring back Benny Curry, um, with the addition of Malik Jackson, uh, I believe they brought back to, uh, Tim Jernigan, um, Deshaun Jackson, giving Carl, you know, Carson Wentz a, a big deep, uh, down the field threat. Um, it, it definitely helped, um, Nelson Aguilar, Jordan Howard. I mean, um, they're they're definitely playing uh they're playing 2K or Madden over there when it comes <laughs> yeah. to being a general manager I think um they're having they're having a, a good year as far as the offseason goes um Richard Rogers um, proven veteran um and being able to get the number one offensive tackle in the draft at that at that late in the draft um to basically solidify a a, a successor uh, uh to uh, Jason Peters in I mean, I think it's. I think they did exactly what they wanted to do um, in this upcoming draft and, and free agency. Um, just hopefully their offensive line is is uh, solidified this year, so they can protect uh, Wentz and uh, be able to make a Super Bowl run. Right on. Now, number three, I have the Washington Redskins, and I I have them very close to Philadelphia because I like what Washington has done. They signed Landon Collins to that mega deal. They got, of course, Case Keenum via trade with Alex Smith and his future uncertain but you gotta love what they did in the draft Dwayne Haskins not having to move up at all getting him at at number 15 and then getting Montez Sweat one of the best pass rushers at number 26 so a lot of great value picks for Washington I'm excited to see what Haskins can evolve into obviously there's no guarantee he'll be the week one starter but I think he's gonna have a good chance at that and then of course that defense is an Alabama factory full of former Crimson Tide, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Reuben Foster, now Landon Collins. So a lot of tough-minded defensive players there in the nation's capital. Absolutely. They have a, they have a lot to be excited about, um, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, you know, unfortunately, Alex Smith and his injury. Um, you know, you never want to see things like that happen. But being able to go out and get a Case Keenum that's been proven um, in, in tough situations that can that can get his team to the playoffs, um, especially if their defense is playing well, um, as well as having uh, a, a Dwayne Haskins, a, a quarterback of the future, um, you know, in your in your rear view. So, um, you know, I personally think that the uh, the draft pick of Bryce Love uh, is definitely going to bolster this offense. Um, you know, it's statistically. Uh, the running backs for uh, Washington um, predominant do pretty well out the backfield. They they've been known to to catch a lot of footballs out the backfield, so that'll be able to help uh, open up that offense a lot. So I'm I'm excited to see what Washington can do. And coming in at number four, the New York Giants. Now this team has been heavily scrutinized. A lot of Giants fans calling for Dave Gettleman's job after, of course, trading Odell Beckham Jr. They got. 
back Jabril Peppers, Kevin Zeitler, and then they went and they took Daniel Jones at number six overall, and then Dexter Lawrence at 17, and then traded back into round one for Georgia corner DeAndre Baker, which me personally, I like that pick the most. I think he's the best corner in this year's draft class. So I think we all are on the same page with the Giants. We don't know what to expect from this team. A lot of people think they're a 3-4-5 win team with Eli Manning under center still. But I think it's safe to say that right now the Giants are the worst team in the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, they tried to go out and and fill some voids. Um, You know, Jabril Peppers, uh, the swap with Landon Collins, I'll I'll never understand that. Um, you know, just to try to, you know, free up an Odell Beckham. Um, I, I never understand that. Um, but then you, you have an opportunity to uh, make a big splash and, and taking a quarterback that will be able to, to deliver wins and, um, you know, bring a, a, a big presence to New York um, again. And, and you, take, uh, you take the quarterback out of Duke. And, you know, and I don't necessarily want to, you know, downplay anyone and, and their talents and what they'll be able to do because you never can – can match a man's uh, willpower, um, you know, but, but understanding, you know, I think you take this pick because you're comfortable with a, uh, a guy that's going to know what Eli knows, uh, you know, coming from a cut clip system out of Duke, it kind of makes them feel comfortable uh, with taking that, that, uh, that pick. But then you also don't have a guy that's going to come in and force Eli basically out the door and uh, you try to allow your quarterback to save face. Um, but I just don't see this team, you know, being very successful this year. Uh, it just they just don't have the, the weapons offensively uh, to be able to, to sustain in games. And and their offensive line is very is still very, very questionable. And so I thought with with this year's draft, they'll be able to address that. But it seems that they went uh, mostly defensive back and, and, and uh, defensive line. Yeah, that's for sure. So a lot of interesting times up ahead for the Giants. Now we're going to go ahead and segue to the NFC West now. Number one, I have the Los Angeles Rams still. They brought in some veterans in free agency. Eric Weddle at safety, Clay Matthews outside linebacker, and then Blake Bortles to come in and back up Jared Goff. They didn't have a whole lot of uh, top draft picks, but I think they made the best of what they had going with Taylor Rapp at number 61. And then they brought in Daryl Henderson, a running back out of Memphis, at number 70 overall to compliment Todd Gurley. Sean McVay still there. This defense under Wade Phillips, I believe they're going to continue to thrive with Aaron Donald. I know Sue's not expected back, but I think they're going to be A-OK. And that, I think, makes them the clear-cut number one team in the West entering this upcoming season. Absolutely. Um, they're, they're definitely the number one team in the West. Um, you know, Eric Whittle uh, solidifies their defense. I mean, like no other. I mean, so now you have two aggressive corners that will be able to play the, uh, the football a lot of, uh, more aggressively in the air. And, and then you'll have a defensive line that will be able to, to, to get more sacks, um, you know, based off the, the continuity that they have in the back end. Um, I think, you know, the Clay Matthews addition is, was phenomenal. Uh, you have um, a couple linebackers and, and Mark Barron and, and those guys that, are, that, were, that were up and gone. And so uh, you add a crafty veteran that, a, that can still get you sacks, that can still play at a high level. Um, you know, the Rams are definitely set up to be successful for years to come. Now, number two, here's where it gets interesting. I have a little bit of a curveball, and I know I'm going out on a limb, and I'm trying to be bold here, Jarrell, because we've got to make this show a little interesting, all right? 
I'm going to give the Arizona Cardinals the number two spot, okay, because I know Kingsbury's there, very unproven head coach, didn't even have a, a winning record in the college ranks, but I really like the Hall of Players that they have acquired in the desert. Jordan Hicks, Robert Alford, Darius Fallone, Terrell Suggs solidified their offensive line by acquiring J.R. Sweezy, Charles Clay, and then look at the draft. Kyler Murray, Byron Murphy, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler. So giving Murray a ton of weapons to already go along with David Johnson, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. And then, of course, the legend Larry Fitzgerald on the outside. And then Patrick Peterson anchoring the secondary. I don't know, man. I think the Cardinals are going to surprise a lot of people in 2019. They have a lot of key pieces. Chandler Jones coming off the edge. I don't think a lot of people realize how much talent they have already as it is. So I have the Cardinals as number two right behind the Rams. Um, I would agree. Um, I just think that, you know, uh, there's been too many other moves um, within that division um, for other teams. Um, and Arizona has made all the right moves. They bring, they bring in some veteran guys that'll be able, that they'll be able to rely on. Um, you got a Terrell Suggs. It's basically replacing Marcus Golden. Um, you also have a, a Marcus Gilbert. I mean, uh, Marcus Gilbert, that's definitely going to be a, a key addition and, and being able to keep, uh, keep Kyler Murray safe and, and, um, and being able to, to float that ball down the field. And so I definitely look for Arizona to be able to make a splash this year. Yeah. And number three, I have the San Francisco 49ers. I like Quan Alexander, Tevin Coleman, Jason Verrett. So a low risk, high reward signing with the all pro corner who's coming off multiple injuries. And then they went Nick Bosa, number two, Debo Samuel. I like that pick a lot to provide Jimmy Garoppolo with another weapon. But for me, I just feel like there's a still that uncertainty there in San Francisco. Is Garoppolo going to stay healthy? You know, injuries have really depleted this team the last couple of seasons since Shanahan took over there. So for me, I just view Arizona as more of a well-rounded team right now, which is why I have San Francisco at three. Oh, I, I mean, I, I definitely, uh, to me, me personally, I would switch the two. Um, I personally love the Quan Alexander pickup in San Francisco. I love the Tevin Coleman pickup and also the D4 pickup. Um, I think, you know, as far as their front seven, they're going to be, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to underestimate how well San Francisco is going to be able to rush the passer. Uh, I think just with the addition of Bosa, um, D4, um, and, and already the guys they have up front, um, if, if they can get Solomon, if they can get uh, Solomon to be healthy, then I think that they'll have opportunity to to make a splash. Um, Jordan Matthews being able to solidify uh, some things at receiver, um, you know, he's not fast, but he's definitely reliable. And uh, and having to be able to have Robbie Gold come back, I think that's definitely going to be key for them. So um, I, I I think San Francisco will have opportunity to to win the division if if when when things are all said and done. All right, and now we go to number four for me, the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, they gave him the big contract, and this is really a tough division. The NFC West, I can see all four of these teams being very competitive as this season unfolds. And they went ahead and traded Frank Clark, which was a head-scratcher for a lot of people saying, hey, man, you're getting rid of a an elite pass rusher, and those don't just grow on trees. I mean, these are guys that 
come in and you never know. Look at Oakland last year. They traded Mack and they couldn't even pressure the quarterback at all. So that's a risk that they were willing to take. They got a first round pick from Kansas City. They used it on LJ Collier, the edge rusher from TCU. And then, of course, I really dig the DK Metcalf pick in the second round. Good value there. Gives Wilson another big-time target. But uh, for me, when I look at Arizona, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, I just have a hard time putting Seattle over those three teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely going to be another Captain America type of year for Russell Wilson. I mean, I think he's going to be having to do everything for this team in order for them to stay afloat in that division. Um, teams are getting are getting better, and they're getting better defensively, number one. And so uh, that Seattle offense, uh, they've always struggled their offensive line. So, you know, you pick up an IU potty um, as well as a uh, – uh, here, let me have my notes here. Uh, as, well, as well as, you know, having DJ Fluker sign, you know, sign back. I think – I mean, they're going to try to solidify some things, but, you know, they didn't make enough uh, of a splash in free agency as well as in the draft for me in order to uh, to say that they're going to have opportunity to be successful in that division. Um, and, and, and the trade and the trade of, of Frank Clark just is the icing on the cake. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. I guess we'll determine who got the better end of that deal in a couple years. But we'll go to the NFC North now, closing out the NFC side. Number one for me, I know the Chicago Bears are coming off a dominant season, 12 wins. I'm going to give it to the Packers, the number one spot this year. They surely overloaded their defense and free agency. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner, new head coach there with Matt LaFleur. So I think they're going to bring in some new wrinkles. Aaron Rodgers is finally fully healthy. They went Rayshon Gary and Darnell Savage in the first round. I like what Green Bay has done, Jarrell, and I think... With an elite quarterback, with Rodgers there, these young receivers got a year under their belts. With Rodgers, they've developed that chemistry. I think I'm ready to say that they are an early Super Bowl contender just based on the talent that they have on that team. Absolutely. I think the um, the, addi- uh, the addition of uh, their pass rushers uh, is definitely key for them. You know, when Green Bay won the Super Bowl, they were a top 10 defense. Um, they let, they had, they were like top five in turnovers. Um, and they definitely were a a force to be reckoned with. And ever since, uh, that defense has kind of dismantled, it's been very tough for Aaron Rodgers to kind of get out of that division as well as getting out of the conference in order to make it back to the Super Bowl. Um, but the addition of Preston Smith, who's been a a phenomenal player in Washington, um, Zadarius Smith, who's been a gang wrecker in in Baltimore, um, and, and Adrian Amos, um, I definitely think that's going to be a, a great addition for, for, for them in the secondary. Um, but having uh, Rashad Gary uh, come in and, and learn from uh, from those guys and those veterans, um, they'll they'll understand that uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a winner go home type of situation in Green Bay because uh, those guys and with the new management don't seem to be playing around. They want to win right away. To expedite the process a little bit since we have some other divisions to cover, I'm going to go ahead and give you my second, third, and fourth ranked teams. And number two, I have the Bears coming in there. They got Buster Screen, Corderell Patterson, which I think is an underrated acquisition from New England. The guy can play running back as well, return man. And then how about that HaHa Clinton Dix signing one year for very low value? He gets to go join his buddy Eddie Jackson from their time in Alabama 
And then number three, I have the Lions. So this is a little bit surprising to some people that I have Detroit over Minnesota. I just like what Patricia has done along with Bob Quinn, Trey Flowers, Justin Coleman, Jesse James, Danny Amendola, CJ Anderson. And they went out and got Stafford a tight end finally and TJ Hawkinson. And then uh, four, I have Minnesota. They solidified that offensive line. They signed Josh Klein, went after Garrett Bradbury in round one. So for me, I just like Detroit as kind of a sleeper team in the NFC North, which is why I have them over Minnesota. Yeah, I definitely would go with the same rankings. Um, I believe that Chicago is definitely going to be the, the cream of the crop until they aren't anymore. Um, you know, Detroit, uh, what they were able to do in free agency was was going to be key for them. Um, and bringing in some guys that are going to be able to change the culture and uh, and bring a winning mindset to that organization. Uh, CJ Anderson, uh, Trey Flowers, Jesse James, uh, those guys all fit the mold of what Patricia wants to do and um, with that team. But it just didn't seem like Minnesota made uh, that big of a splash when it came to uh, free agency as well as in the draft. And so um, I just believe that that team is kind of just – it's really just going to um, try to – um, excuse me, it's, it's going to try to just hone on, key on uh, what they've learned, uh, what they had last year as far as their veterans on their team. And and uh, and we'll see how far it gets them. Um, I think the only key addition that Minnesota is definitely uh, proud of is probably the Irv Smith Jr. Um, addition on Alabama to be able to help bolster their tight end game. Now we'll go to the AFC North, Jarrell. So uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me your top four teams, list them, and then give me a brief explanation for your number one team and why you have them there. So AFC North, go. Give me your picks. Uh, I think the AFC North, number one for me, would have to be uh, the Cleveland Browns and what they were able to do this offseason. Being able to bring in an Odell Beckham uh, via trade, a uh, Demetrius Harris, who's a very athletic tight end, a Sheldon Richardson, Greg Robinson, um, you know, having those guys come, um, and a Morgan Burnett uh, to help uh, solidify their their safety, um, you know, their defensive backfield. And so I just think what they've been able to do was was phenomenal. Um, And my second, uh, if I had to go uh, down the list, it would be Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh, and then uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, actually, I have the Browns number one, as you talked about, Odell Beckham Jr., Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, and then they got a couple of steals in the draft with Greedy Williams, who was regarded as the number one corner, who slipped all the way to to 46th overall, and then they get Alabama linebacker Mac Wilson, so they really did add a lot of pieces to this roster. Freddie Kitchens is now the full-time head coach. I think Cleveland, by far, they are the number one team entering the year. Now, of course, a lot can change. And just because you have all the talent doesn't necessarily translate to winning. So we'll see how that shapes out. But I do have a little bit of a difference from your top four in the north. I have Pittsburgh number two. Over Baltimore, I I really do think this Pittsburgh team is still very talented. And the acquisition of Devin Bush, I think, finally fills that void that has been there ever since Ryan Shazier's injury. Athletic, sideline-to-sideline type of backer that will come in and fit that mold of physical type of defense that Pittsburgh thrives on. They got Steven Nelson in free agency, Mark Barron. 
Dante Moncrief, another big target. And then I have Baltimore at three and then Cincinnati at four. So I I wouldn't rule out Baltimore or Pittsburgh for that matter from uh, pushing Cleveland for that top spot, man. Because as we know, the AFC North is a very physical and a very competitive division. Absolutely, man. I think that uh, I just didn't think Cincinnati was able to do enough in the offseason as well as in the draft to be able to bolster their team up. Uh, you know, Cleveland making the biggest splash. Uh, but Pittsburgh, man, they're going to have to it's – a, it's a bit of a proven season to me. Uh, I think with getting rid of all their, their top firepower offensively, they're going to have to be able to come back and make a statement this year um, to let everybody know that uh, the tradition is still the tradition uh, as far as the team goes. We'll see what Big Ben can do now. No Bell, no Brown. So that's another interesting tidbit to follow as the new season approaches. We'll go to the AFC West now. I'll go ahead and give you my top four. All right, so let me go. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. I have them here. Tyron Matthew. I love that and what he's able to bring to Steve Spagnuolo's new 4-3 defensive scheme. They went out and got Frank Clark. They acquired Emmanuel Ogba from Cleveland, Alex Okafor in free agency. And then here's one signing or two, I might add, that people seem to forget about because it got lost in the whole draft hype. But how about Carlos Hyde and Bashad Breeland? who are two very productive veterans that will come in and play key roles for Kansas City. And then, of course, Mecole Hardman there from Georgia in the draft as kind of an insurance for Tyreek Hill and his ongoing investigation. And number two, I have the Chargers. They're bringing back much of the same team from last year. Of course, they added Thomas Davis. Number three, I have the Raiders, which... That team, I I think they've made the most transactions this offseason, hands down. Antonio Brown, Trent Brown, Tyra Williams, Joyner, the list goes on and on. And then number four, I have the Denver Broncos with new head coach Vic Vangio and uh, Joe Flacco, who's now there at mile high. So we'll see what, what they can get from him. Um, all right, all right. I like, I like your picks, man. I think, um, you know, I might be a little different. Um, I think, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, I have to be number one for sure. Um, I think the uh, Los Angeles Chargers um, would, would be number two. Uh, well, actually, they're kind of a toss-up between them and the Oakland Raiders. I just don't – I mean, Phillip, uh, Phillip Rivers had a phenomenal year last year, um, but I just don't necessarily, under, um, necessarily know if he's going to be able to back up that type of uh, success that they were able to have offensively last year. Um the Oakland Raiders and what they were able to do in free agency really, really makes me believe in, um, in what they're trying to do as far as a team. Um, you know, with the addition of Antonio Brown, that's a given. Uh, but the, but Trent Brown, the number one offensive tackle um, in last year's uh, free agency, um, you know, Vontez Perfect, uh, you know, Ryan Grant being able to stretch the field, um, you know, having a, a LaMarcus Joyner, a, a Brandon Marshall. These are key guys that, that have had success at other programs. And um, and I played on big stages, and I think that you know they'll definitely be able to to uh, to make a statement in this year's uh, division. Did you have Denver at four as well? Absolutely, man. I think you know you know Denver's Denver is Denver right now until they prove otherwise. You know, Flacco has to prove that uh, you know that he's got that he's got to be the reliable quarterback. Um, I think anytime a quarterback. 
um, is forced to be in a position where they have to move on. Uh, I definitely think a sense of pride and and, uh, and things are hurt in that regard. Um, and so he's going to have to prove it, you know, and, and what the and what they were able to do um, as far as free agency goes. I just it just didn't really, you know, set themselves apart for me. Um, you know, Kevin Hogan, Kareem Jackson, uh, you know, Jeff Herman. I just don't I don't think those, you know, those guys are going to make a bit of a difference for a team that was six and ten last year. Yeah, I agree with you there. Lots of proof. New head coach, new uh, regime there. Now let's go to the AFC East, which is a division that you're familiar with, Jarrell. You played for the Patriots. You played for the Bills. Okay, now, number one spot, I think we're going to both agree on the Patriots. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, you know, realistically, I don't want to, but you have to, you know, you got to give it to give credit where it's due. Now here's where I really wanted to spend some time because – I had a very hard time trying to rank the Bills and the Jets, man, because these two teams, in my eyes, are some of the most improved teams via free agency, via the draft, and I really like what both teams have done up to this point. I'm really torn as to which of these teams I believe will be ranked higher when the dust settles. So I want to go ahead and turn it to you, Jarrell, to see how you have these two teams, the Bills and the Jets, stacked up. Um, for me personally, um, I would put the Jets ahead of the, the Buffalo Bills. I think um, the Buffalo Bills would be – they went out and, and, and got a, uh, some key additions that they needed, um, you know, the receiver position. Um, they went and, and boasted their running back position. Um, but for me personally, I think that, you know, having a, a tall quarterback um, – you know, and Josh Allen and not being able to present him with, with big receivers that have big catch radiuses, I think that's going to eventually be a problem for them. Um, and just not necessarily uh, bolstering their their uh, their receiving core in the way through free agency that I thought that they would. Um, but when you look at the Jets, man, I mean, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Josh Bellamy, um, Jamison Crowder, these are guys that are, are proven veterans. Um, Osimile is by far the best tackle, I mean, the best offensive guard in football. So uh, to be able to get him from the Raiders, man, I think that is big. Uh, that is big for their offense and what they want to do. And um, I think I would definitely put the Jets ahead of uh, the Jets ahead of Buffalo um, when it comes to between the draft and free agency. I think you make a lot of valid points, Jarrell, but I'm going to oppose you here. I have the Bills over the Jets just by a hair Here's why I know a lot of people, they still question that Josh Allen pick and they wonder, well, is this guy even a franchise quarterback? But I think he proved some things last season. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of protection. The guy was running for his life a lot last year, took a lot of hits. But when you look at the landscape of Buffalo, they come in, they give him some weapons, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Two undersized receivers. They have Zay Jones still on the outside, or they're hoping that he can provide some sort of boost to that offense moving forward. And I I totally get your point about Buffalo not having that big target on the outside. But I feel like Buffalo, they're fine with that because they went out and signed a big tight end, Tyler Croft from Cincinnati, who can now be that red zone threat for Josh Allen. And then... The draft class that they just, you know, are, are bringing into Buffalo, Ed Oliver at number nine, that goes along with the defense that was already a top five unit in 2018. 
They just have immense talent along that front. And we know Sean McDermott, he specializes in defense. And I don't know, man. I, I really like what Buffalo has done. They're a sleeper team. Another one of those for me that I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the playoff hunt for a wild card. Of course, the Jets, man. I mean, you you talked about all their big-time acquisitions to Bell, Mosley, Jamison Crowder, and then Quinn and Williams there to, to go along with Leonard Williams. But for me, I just have the Bills a little bit ahead of the Jets and what should be a pretty fun AFC East battle between those teams. Absolutely. Um, I just think the addition of Quinn Williams to go along with Leonard Williams was just very key for me. Um, Leonard Williams is already a game record. And then you take Quentin Williams, who, um, if, in my opinion, looks like a future Hall of Famer, um, just based off of what he was able to do in college. Um, and most of the, the defense alignment that comes out of Alabama have been very successful. Um, if he can follow in top and in, 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 in in some similarity to uh, some of the earlier years of like Marcel Darius um, in the NFL, if he can kind of uh, mimic any of that type of success, man. I mean, and have that for years to come. I mean, a gold jacket is definitely in his future. Now, before we get to the last division here, the AFC South, I want to hear your thoughts, Jarrell, just really quick about the Miami Dolphins and their outlook. Obviously, we know that there's some tanking in their plans in 2019, trying to rebuild, restructure, get younger at all positions. Brian Flores, now the head coach, Chris Greer as the GM. They acquired Josh Rosen during the draft for a second-round pick as well as a 2025th rounder to Arizona. What are your thoughts about Miami and their trajectory as a franchise moving forward? I think that, you know, the tanking situation only happens uh, or the tanking uh, success is only being seen when you have a team um, in like the NBA, uh, because of the turnaround and success uh, that one person, one person or one player can make, uh, but taking it, taking in the NFL just doesn't seem logic to me, um, logical to me. I mean, I think uh, you know, with it being the ultimate team sport, it just doesn't seem like the right move. Um, I mean, I mean, and they just didn't really do much offensively to. To, uh, to help this team at all. I mean, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love him. He was a great teammate for me in Tampa Bay. Um, I think he's going to be able to give them some ex- excitement and some games. Uh, uh, Dwayne Allen signing, I think that's just a familiar face for uh, for Coach uh, Coach Brian. Um, Eric Rowe, uh, similar uh, similar uh, stature. Um, but just what they what they went through. Um, in the draft and, and via free agency, it just doesn't hit home for me. Um, that, that lets me know that they're going to be able to to uh, have have any type of success in this division. All right, that's fair to say. We'll go to the last division, AFC South. For me, I have the Indianapolis Colts, number one, and the Houston Texans, number two. I like Indy, Justin Houston, Devin Funchess, and then how about Rakia Sin and Paris Campbell 
from Ohio State to give Luck another weapon. Frank Reich, I'm a big fan of his. And I know Houston, they are talented as well. They obviously weren't able to re-sign Tyron Matthew, which is why they went out and signed to Sean Gibson. And recently, Jaleel Adai from the Chargers. But for me, I have the Colts number one. I really believe in this team. And I think with the young talent and a couple of savvy veterans, they could make a push in the playoffs in 2019. What are your thoughts? Uh, me personally, I uh, I have Houston ahead of uh, I have Houston ahead of the Colts, um, uh, based off a few things. Um, Darren Fells, uh, uh, Sean Gibson, um, and, and Matt Khalil uh, being able to to bolster that team that already has a lot of crafty veterans all over the place. Um, you know, I think uh, being able to have just some type of replacement for uh, Tyron Matthew is definitely going to be able to help this team out. Um, I mean, Indianapolis is a close second, a very close second. Um, what they were able to do last year, uh, the Justin Houston addition is very big for them. Um, the Devin Funches addition is going to be great. I think Andrew Luck is definitely going to be able to help his career out. Um, but I just I don't think that Jacksonville uh, made that big of a splash as well as Tennessee. Yeah, so I, would, I would have to put if I if I had to, I would have to put uh, Jacksonville ahead of Tennessee just based off the addition of Nick Foles. We have a, a difference in the top two, but I have Jacksonville at number three as well. And then Tennessee, number four, although Tennessee, they did spend a lot of money on Roger Saffold, Adam Humphreys and Cameron Wake. So, you know, they're trying to make the big jump. But for me, man, I think the biggest question with Tennessee is what exactly do they have in Marcus Mariota? This is going to be a big time year for him. He's playing out his 2019 fifth year option. So after this season, he can become a free agent. And Tennessee really hasn't shown a long term commitment to him just yet. They acquired Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins to be his backup. So I don't know how I feel about Mariota. I feel like he does show flashes of, of being a franchise quarterback, but then his health is a big issue as well. So I'm going to be interested to see what kind of year he can put together. Absolutely, man. I think, um, you know, availability is always the, the number one thing when it comes to the NFL. Like if you're able to play and you're able to go out there and perform at a high level, um, then you're valued. Uh, you know, when it, and in Marcus Mariota's case, Injury bug has kind of plagued them a little bit. And so um, Tennessee is definitely going to have a big decision to make after this year. Um, but hopefully their team can have some success. I mean, they were on the fringe last year um, of making the playoffs and things like that. And, and um, they have opportunity again this year. Um, that division is always up for grabs. But um, I think Andrew Luck being healthy now kind of changes a lot of things. Well, there you have it. Me and Jarrell kind of went by each division, gave our early power rankings. I know we're just in early May. There's still a lot to happen before the 2019 season gets underway. But we wanted to provide some content for you to chew on, listen to as you start the brand new week. So Jarrell, thanks again, man, for joining the podcast yet again. It's always a pleasure having you on to pick your brain. So I wish you the best moving forward. Have a great rest of the week, man. Man, I appreciate it. I'm always uh, ecstatic to be on the show, and uh, I'm excited to do it again next time. All right, bro. Well, blessings, and we'll uh, see you next time. My man. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.